Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. You know you're going to leave like half that in. You have to. There's good stuff in there. I, I don't know if I will not. Like literally the episode that comes out next week, I edited last night. I cut out 30 minutes. Like I cut out half of the episode. <laughs> well, because you keep slipping in the last couple ones I've listened to. <laughs> well, part of it is, is that like if I don't have a way of cutting something out so that like the conversation naturally flows. I have to almost sometimes cut everything out because it's like, if it just doesn't like, you know, like if it's so sort of ingrained and then we reference the weird thing that I have to cut out and then like, I just have to cut the whole fucking thing out. And so like, literally I cut out like 30 minutes of the last of the episode that comes out next. What would yeah. be so amazing, even though it's audio only is if you have like a picture of a clock. So as your edits pop up, the clock hand just kind of jumps. Oh, just shows, shows where it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, it jumps two hours. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, oh, if I go? have to do that, I'm just going to do like a, a voiceover that just goes two hours later. later. And then, you know, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the SpongeBob voice, like the narrator. Yes, exactly. That, that's what I'm going for for sure. So Todd started talking two hours later. Yes. Now you can. Still now, now we will continue on with the show. Uh, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. The only thing of that whole conversation that stayed was the conversation about me cutting things out. Uh, so uh, this week we are doing our second <laughs> of. That was uh, 20 minutes too <laughs> i know and i know it's gonna be gone like i just i just know that that's probably what's gonna happen so i mean maybe though some of it will stay we'll see but there's a lot that has to be cut out no just cut it <laughs> yeah uh anyway so this week uh, we're doing our second week of uh, black history month we are reading strange fruit uncelebrated narratives from black history also known as the good version of strange fruit that uh lana one yes. read last week Burn! todd that's yours I have Deadpool Max. You have Strange. Dude, Deadpool Max still sucks. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. I'm really happy that I was not on the podcast when y'all read Deadpool Max. We're going to do a a month of revisiting the shitty books to see if we still hate them. (laughs) Although I will say... And Deadpool Max, they make me very angry in two different ways. The best part of being an audience member while you guys read Deadpool Max was that everyone just jumped on Brian about how shitty. And I deserved it. I deserved it. I don't think I've laughed harder. (laughs) You should feel bad for making us read this turd. And I still do. Uh, So uh, the person I won't let you forget it. I know the people who won't let me forget uh, we have adam we have todd we have lena and we have me i am brian hello hi uh so basically okay i mean just the general gist of this book this is a bunch of uh vignettes different stories of um unsung heroes uh from uh, black history um and it actually is like a it's a i was reading a little bit about the uh guy who created it he uh this started out as like sort of like an art project kind of thing and uh evolved into i think a really cool thing there's actually a second volume of this as well which i have mm-hmm. um and i actually brian sent to me for christmas I which did. i was very excited about yes yeah, so I, lena and i have it so maybe we'll do that one next year anyway uh, Mr. Adam, what is our cocktail for this week? So our cocktail this week is called the short story. You're going to take uh, an ice-filled uh, mixing glass. You're going to add one and a half ounces of gin, one and a half ounces of sweet vermouth, two dashes of Fernet Branca. You're going to stir it. Don't shake it because you want to dilute it properly. You're going to strain into a chilled cocktail glass, and you're going to garnish with an orange twist. Okay. You know, Fernet is good, but it's quite uh, pungent. So Hence the dashes. It's also like... 
shockingly dry. Yes. So but, you would want more of a wet gin and less of a dry gin. Yeah. For how dry that fernet is. Because it's a see, super yeah. dry, dry drink. I don't know if you'd want the standard gin, like a, a Bombay Sapphire or like the Beef Eater, or if you'd want to go with like an Aviator, Aviation Gin, because that one has a completely different flavor profile. So I'm yeah, not aviation, 100% sure. I would actually probably go, I don't know, Todd, what, what are your thoughts on this? I would go with the Bombay Sapphire on that one. Because like I like Aviation, but it's a little sharp and biting. And I think with the super dry, I don't know. I think that, I feel like that's sharp and biting. The I Bombay don't know. could be good. I'd stay away from the Beef Eater. And yeah. I would go with the Bombay over the Beef Eater. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but it is being used yeah. almost like as bitters in this in this recipe. Not so much like uh, an actual like ingredient almost. So Yeah. Sure. But that that's the... Uh, a little bit of fernet goes a long ways. Not like, um, I mean, you have your, oh, what's the green fairy? Absinthe. Oh, absinthe. Absinthe. Absinthe is crazy pungent. So it's yes. about half as pungent as absinthe. Yeah. Which makes it quite pungent. Yeah. Kind of a deal. So yeah, a dash would be great. Yeah. So yeah, no, that sounds pretty good. A dash will do you. A dash will do you. Do we want to do drinking games for this one again, or do we want to skip over this? I mean, this one's a fun one. So I, I, I made one. We can always skip it, but I, I did make a couple of them yeah. just in case. Todd? Well, what's your drinking game, Adam? Let's play that game. Uh, so, well, mine was uh, uh, grammar lesson. Every single time they gave you the definition of a word. Oh, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. There was okay. that one. There was in memoriam every time a chapter ended with uh, with like a memorial or something. And then there was... Uh, I like that one. Murder of crows. Every time you saw a crow as a, net, as a uh, representation of racism. Oh. oh. That's a good one. Wow. There's well, three. So I just thought yeah, everyone was you know doing There's three. Covered. That totally worked. Yeah, Adam so, just gave well, us yeah. all of your drinks. I just I, I thought you were gonna book. take all of them. And then the other one was uh no place like home. So every time they're trying to get back to their family. Those are my four I came up with just in well, case. The, the one that I had for this book last year when I read the wrong <laughs> um was I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> That's every a good time one. you're like, wait, is this real? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, take a drink. So, yeah. Okay. Well, we have plenty of drinking game rules for this week. Thank you to the two of you. Um, <laughs> Lana, did you reread it this time around or are you just going from memory? I just, I skimmed, I like skimmed through it again. Okay. Um, but I loved this one so much last year that a lot of the stories kind of stuck with me. The okay. one that, that I really, really loved was the um, magician. Yes. Mm-hmm. That everyone thought was exotic because he came from a different land. And in reality, it was just a light skinned black man um, who no one knew until he was on his deathbed. And he was like, yeah, by the way, I'm (laughs) African-American. I just thought that was great because it was like it shows such the 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 way that our lovely country looks at shit where they're like oh you you're exotic you're different you're from a different country so we'll exploit you in a different way because that's basically all it was um and uh so that one always cried that that story always cracked me up but i'm glad that we decided to do this book this year because um when you guys were talking about the other strange fruit last year i was like yeah my book was way better so now i'm I'm more interested because i for those of you listening just go back to last year's strange fruit episode (laughs) and i give a little like debrief on what what this book was about when i read it um um, but I'm really interested to see what you guys thought because I really liked it. It was stuff that 
I had no idea. And that is me being a very sheltered New England white girl. Um, but I really, really liked it. So when I saw that Brian got me volume two <laughs> for Christmas this year, I was like, yay, I really like this. And I love the art. I think it's drawn really cute where it's like, it's all easy to digest. It's easy to, to, um, really get into these cute, short little stories. And, um, I, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm interested to see what you guys think. Uh, the one thing I was kind of proud of myself for is I actually knew one of these people. I didn't know the full story, but I knew of one of the people. Ooh, W.E.B. Du Bois. Huh? What? Was it W.E.B. Du Bois? No, it was oh, not. No. Okay. It was Major Taylor. I knew of him because I'm a big fan right. of the Tour de France, and he had shown up in some books on the history of cycling in Europe that I have read. Uh, so he was one of the, f- also because he's one of the few Americans to uh, do well on the international stage, like just throughout the history Without of cycling. being confirmed doping. I mean, even with, even if you take into consideration someone who is doping, um, which is they, a lot of them, which is a lot of them. Yes. Uh, there are still not a lot of Americans who are well known in the cycling world, at least internationally. Right. Uh, sure. I mean, if you're, an, if you're an American fan, you know of a few more, but then of course they all seem to have turned up to be in some sort of doping scheme. So um, I, yes. I have a quick question for my own advocation because I, I don't follow cycling. So yeah. I looked up doping, and from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's someone who, before a race, they get a blood transfusion to make them have more blood, so they have more like things carrying oxygen around. Is that true? Yeah, hemoglobin. They increase their hemoglobin count. Okay, it's one form of doping. Okay. So it's sort of, um, that, that's part of it. You can also do it through, um, some medications and things like that, mm. um, is the other way that you can do it. But basically, yeah, it's, uh, it's performance enhancement is really yeah. all that it is. If you want to see a, one of the greatest documentaries I've ever seen in my entire life, but be a really interesting explanation of doping and how it all goes along. There's a movie called Icarus. It actually won an Academy Award for the best documentary. Um, it was, oh, I remember, I, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's, it is one of my favorite documentaries I've ever seen in my entire life because it starts out as this guy, the documentarian, wants to see if an average Joe could actually increase their ability by doping. Like he's he's a he's a decent cyclist, but he's not like a super cyclist. But what ends up happening is, is as he starts researching how to do this, he ends up getting LinkedIn and ends up uncovering like this entire plot for a certain government, uh, not American, like their whole government doping agency and and how they doped in the Olympics and the whole thing. Like it, it like he uncovers all of it and ends up like having to harbor an international. Uh, uh, not necessarily fugitive, but a guy who is hiding internationally from his uh, home country who wants to essentially assassinate him because he has revealed the secrets of their government doping agency. It's fascinating. Like, it, Ooh, I'm going to have to watch it's this. So Sasquatch good. and I are in like a documentary yeah, thing. Yeah. It is so you know, good. Brian's second favorite documentary of all time is some kind of monster. No, <sighs> it's it's a, it's a Spinal Tap. <laughs> this is Spinal Tap is my second favorite documentary. But Strange Fruit. Yes. Sorry. Todd, please. Um, I gotta go to work in a few minutes, so please. All right, I'm gonna talk about it now. Okay, good. Cool. So (laughs) the Reeves short story where dad's a lawman, and even when his kid fucks up and he's like, That's the greatest lawman, you're never gonna get anywhere with him. Why? How do you know? And he's like, Uh Because it's my dad as he's being carted off to prison. Mm -hmm. And you're like, there is a man with a code. And he said he had um apprehended in 30 years more than 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that is one busy son of a gun. Yeah. It tracks and everything. And then you see that frame at the end. This is the last story in the book that he, um, they make the parallel to the Lone Ranger 
with the, you know, with his uh, Tonto, with mm-hmm. Reeves and his sidekicks, not partner, partner. Yeah. And, but you're just watching this, though, of everything that he's done is sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. I see this as an incident of truth being stranger than fiction on how it was so incredible. And even the son going, yeah, my dad's putting me in prison, but he's my dad, so... What do you do? It's the, the the line is the line. I crossed the line, so this is what happens. And yeah. even the son is like, I didn't expect anything else from him. Yeah. So this is how he rolls. And it's um, I go back and forth of going, it's your kid. You didn't make an exception to your code, but it's your kid, and you didn't make an exception to your code. Does that make you more awesome? It becomes an interesting thing because there's so many examples where people do make the exception, and you're like, oh, that's corruption, which it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other story I really love was the uh, guy going to college and going, hey, I'm with these other people. They're treating me like it doesn't matter. I'm going to learn. This is going to be great. And then the town decides your existence sucks. And the crows all show up as Jim Crow. And we're going to destroy the school because the fact that it exists offends me. He's like, and I eventually finished. I got it done. Life was never as good as it initially was those first Mm -hmm. few months at school. As he tells the story to this WB Du Bois. Mm -hmm. And it's like, America wasn't ready for it yet. Mm -hmm. And the question is, is when will we be ready? And who will be ready? Because you still have whole portions of society are they still when you make the comment is they're not ready for it yet does the uh, other side of that comment is people are still waiting for others to be ready and how offensive the fact that that exists is yeah so it's i really love this book it was a lot of fun the art style really reminded me it's kind of like highbrow sunday comics style of art yeah okay. when i say highbrow yeah. it's not that highbrow but but you're really looking at it's like oh this is the kind of art i expect in the sunday comics it's instantly accessible yeah it's very digestible the concepts come across but the um there is suggestion of detail that's not there but it's um this is the idea of what's going on and it's all in a super friendly easily digestible manner and so as i'm reading the strange fruit and going this is so um easy for me to read it's going did i have to be was it chosen to be drawn this way so i would like it as a cis white guy and what does that say about his expectation of the audience of who was this written for and so just looking at it it's and it's not just about the struggles but this book is about the successes and what i really like about it is it's not the struggle of being a black person it's about the success in spite of and i really enjoyed that and it is but uh the art style and the choice of it with the artist is it more palatable to someone like me because it is so friendly and engaging and the fact that it is and i'm like oh well that makes me feel like shit that it has to be drawn that he feels it needs to be drawn that way i would and does he argue feel like it needed to be? no i would argue that it was drawn that way to be a attainable by as broad of an audience as possible. I think that this is a book that is celebrating these unknown stories. And so to try to create it in such a way that adults like us can enjoy it, but also, you know, Uh teenagers to maybe younger children can appreciate it as well to get everyone aware of these stories. I think that's where it is. I don't think it was like a direct guilt to, Hey, you should know this. I think this was more, I mean, for me, it comes across as a joyous thing of like, let's celebrate these stories that are unknown because if he wanted to be a guilt thing, he wouldn't have filled in the racism with crows. He's implying it. He's telling you what went on, but he's not pointing a finger specifically. And I think that's why, 
it's more optimistic. I'll take that. I yeah. will say I'm rather drunk right now, so yes. take that as it may. I can tell. You're rambling so, a little. I am rambling a little, so I appreciate that. <laughs> I think I, I, I'm drinking the 128-proof bottle yeah. of... The, oh, no. Uh, I've edited you enough, Todd, I can tell when you're drunk. I'm deep in the sauce at this point, so yeah. I appreciate you guys humoring me. <laughs> and it is going for the widest audience here, and I really enjoy that. And it's the fact that the Jim Crow laws and saying and Jim Crow came in and the fact that it's Crow and it's not explicitly stating who's behind the Jim Crow yeah. seems to be it's very effective I really enjoy it but it has to be symbolized instead of explicitly saying exactly what it was and that I, I just think that's another layer of um, a failure because it's a it's part of the MLK day when we recorded this was quite recent and it's interesting how many people want to quote Dr. King about the first few lines of his speech but not the next few lines of going this was a promise made of all men are created equal and we have yet to pay up on that promise mm-hmm. and the fact that he's going oh look it's actual crows with Jim Crow law with without explicitly defining who's doing the Jim Crow laws seems for a issue of the palate and less of a indictment. Uh, I see your point. I'm not disagreeing with you. Sure. I uh-huh. also think that part of that might have to do with, once again, reaching a broader audience. That's one of those right. things where a child can read it and not necessarily catch it. And that's right. You know and what that's I mean? Beautiful. But, but still understand the story. We can read it, identify what it is and identify the symbolism. Um, uh-huh. And so therefore, like, I, I feel like I, I feel, feel like it's effective on multiple levels, which is probably the reason why it was chosen. Um, and mm-hmm. part of the reason probably why it works so well. Um, it works great. So it really does. It works great. So I'm looking at this and yeah, we should have read this last year. And we I should have. And mm-hmm. that's why I read year. the better book. <laughs> I'm not debating that. And we're yeah. reading volume two next year is yes. the given. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. of course. Do this. It's so and good. I really, really enjoyed this book. And it's um and the fact that it's uncelebrated narratives from black history is really the perfect title because you look at them it's like everyone here is awesome mm-hmm. and these stories are awesome and the the fact is like oh we've got reeves let's make him the lone ranger on tv because that's who has the money to buy tvs to watch this guy and people want to identify with themselves oh well okay lone ranger started out as a radio show but we'll go beyond that <laughs> you're right <laughs> you're right <laughs> but it was a radio show it was the um and is here is is the assumption being made that it was modeled after this guy proven out? I have no idea. I mean, but it could be right. He's saying it could be inspiration for. Absolutely, I think it is. I think that there's inspiration. The for. Lone Ranger. I think a character like that is sort of uh, an amalgamation of, of many Western myths and stories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this guy and his strong code seems to be one of the strongest candidates. So I, I, I don't think it's far fetched to make that connection by any stretch of the imagination. Right, as they just change a few things because how often does um, radio or television, you know, um, keep the verbs but change the noun? or keep the noun yeah. change mm-hmm. the verb. Yeah, yeah. What's the difference between a original story and a biography is which one are you flipping? Yeah. So, so. But no, I found it really good. I really loved it. I enjoyed it. And this was awesome. So, and it's um, what, if there's any downside is with the title of, or the subtitle of Uncelebrated Narratives from Black History is, is it only going to be relegated to February kind of a deal? Oh, this comic? Or people reading yeah. this comic? People reading this comic is like, oh, we need to read this in february and i'm like 
why are you relegating it to such a short yeah but uh, okay frame? i would also argue go for not, it not everyone limits their reading of certain types of books to certain months because they're on a podcast like are you, you know saying I mean? that i'm like the girl you wish you didn't talk to at the party <laughs> no. <laughs> no what i'm saying is is that if uh, obviously i will have this book in my collection hopefully yes. someday i have kids at some point in time they're going to need to do a history project about history Someone. of any great american or whatever this will be something i will point them to because this may not be a great um book to notate in your doctoral thesis depending on what you're writing about but a great place to get an idea of a, of a certain person and their story and find you know somebody you want to research and go look after because it also it has all the information in the back of where a lot of these stories were documented um right so like, i would say reeves is a great counterpoint to say billy the kid look absolutely I mean, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, so I I think, yeah, I mean, yes, we relegate it and we read a lot more of these books in February, but that's because we do a fucking podcast. But uh, Mr. Adam, what are your thoughts? What's really funny is (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't saying that, but I was saying that Mr. Adam, what are your thoughts? So, so my two favorite, well, I have three favorite stories. So one was, you know, the, the lawman, which we've kind of talked about ad nauseum. And then my, my favorite one overall though, was the one Lena loved about the magician, because I've yeah. been into magic since I was a kid. Like I got way into it when I was really young watching Penn and Teller. And that actually got me interested in, in doing magic. And I, I've been out of it for a long time. So I, I, I'm not good anymore. I can do some really simple magic tricks with cards that look really cool. And if you're drunk, your mind will be blown, but it's, it's anyone can watch and be like, one of the tricks I've done when I'm on drunk people is actually shown in the movie um, Spade when they go to the magic castle and like this guy's trying to impress these girls by doing the same card trick the way you find the card and it's like <laughs> you're a you're a douche but I mean drunk I, people, I will say this, my panties. I could do a pretty decent goofy shuffle that's about all I got I played that <laughs> trick on a bunch of people because I needed to have a trick that I could do with a deck that was just completely messed up and random because mm-hmm. I was trying to do a trick for an ex girlfriend of mine at one point in time it got knocked on the floor and I was not a music magician. I was just working with a lot of magicians at the time. So I had them teach me tricks. Yeah. And so I was like, just teach me something I can do with just like a deck. Like, and they're like, oh, here. And they so I can do a d- goofy shuffle and it's pretty decent. But yeah, I can do I can do some good fake shuffles and stuff. Nothing. Yeah. It was something that I was into in high school and then never didn't follow through. But there's still a couple things. But yeah. the one I actually really did like was Theophilus Thompson, who was the the chess master. And like, where oh, he yeah. actually picked it up. Like, he was pretty much a genius and a savant at chess because he just started playing it within like, what, five days was like, oh, I'm better than everyone else. Yeah. And then that was one of the stories that didn't have a happy ending. Yeah. He just disappeared. He wrote his book and disappeared. And now he's looked back as one of like the masters of chess back from those days. So that was really fun for me to read because with my thing is I didn't have the cycling thing. So it's obvious. It's evidenced by my my question about doping. So a lot of these and almost all of them, I would say, were untold stories for me, like things I didn't Mm -hmm. know about. And yes, it was really cool to go and be like, oh, this is where this came from, or this is how this person did this, or this is the influence, or if you've heard this name before, this is where it came from. And as Lena said last year, when we did the other strange fruit, she's like, yeah, it's, this is kind of what I want to read. This is about people who are people of color and black and just their lives and the cool things they did. And that's kind of a fun thing to see when most things, even as good as the book March is, it's still about black people having to be put down and how they kind of rose up against that. So yeah, so it was really cool to see a different point of view of that. And and are all the stories happy? No. Like the chess one ends kind of sadly. Uh, there are a couple other ones where like the school getting dragged into 
into the swamp. I thought that was kind of funny. It made me think of Monty Python, which might be kind of the widest thing I could possibly think of when reading this. But they're real stories. And and going back to the artwork and how it's drawn, it, they are very simple. They're they're not you know like sketch sketches or anything like that. But it is. It almost seems like it is a book that is written for younger people. And I kept on thinking to the point that you know if, if we don't remember and learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. And we see a lot of things in this that are being repeated nowadays with, with the racism and everything else going on. But for me, it was almost kind of like, you know, what if you have a younger kid, if you're black family and you have a younger kid who's black and he wants to get into comics, but also isn't aware of all this history of all the cool things that black people did. Like we like uh-huh. we said, is like, hey, we know about the struggle and I'm sure they know about Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X and, and kind of the, the civil rights movement and obviously slavery and stuff. But wouldn't it be cool to read a book that's kind of aimed for a younger generation that also tells you about all the cool shit your people did? Uh-huh. Like, hey, we weren't just slaves fighting for our freedom. We did that and that's very, very important and we fought for our rights with uh, the civil rights movement and March and everything else but did you know that one of the coolest magicians who influenced Houdini was black mm-hmm. did you know that the guy who influenced the Lone Ranger radio thing aside was black did you know that one of the coolest earliest chess champions that we know about you know from recent history with us was black how cool would that be as a kid to open this book up and be like oh my god this is awesome like yeah. it's almost like when we talked about you know with Wonder Woman I, I had friends who were, who were women and I remember going to see the first screening of it and they were blown away and I'll never forget there are these little preteen slash maybe 14, 15 year old girls ran out of the theater, jumping and screaming and doing high kicks and having all kinds of fun. Cause guess what? They saw themselves on screen. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is almost like, what if there is a young black kid who reads this and he's like, Oh, I can do something. I can do something amazing. I can be one of these people and then go and start studying chess or magic or becomes a cyclist or becomes a baseball player, or maybe decides, Hey, I want to go into law enforcement and try to reform it from within. That's not a good idea. Yeah, but you know, uh-huh. so uh, but how cool is that? How much how fun is that? So this really is a book for all people of all races, of all ages, and it's definitely a lot of fun and it, it tells some good stories and it also tells stories that we need to look back on so we can affect the future to hopefully make it better for everyone. So uh-huh. I couldn't have asked for a better book for this month. And Lena, thank you for reading the wrong one last year. <laughs> so we could read it this year. Yeah. You so. are quite welcome. Well, and that was that was my whole thing last year, too, right? Was that like like I, I was watching these black creators, um, hit, and the one that I always that I love is Chin for short on TikTok. Check him out; he's wonderful. Um, oh, but, but that he, involves TikTok. He and well, whatever. <laughs> but he said um, he's like, I am so sick of black pain movies. Mm-hmm. And if like, and and if your whole premise is that being black is hard, and he just made me laugh because he's like, bitch, I know, <laughs> and it's just like it's true like the only thing that that you ever really see with the exception of like um black panther really has been this like you have to struggle and it's or it's a parody of some sort Mm -hmm. or whatever Uh and He's like, I want to see superheroes who are black. I want to see. And the other thing that cracks me up is even thinking about the Eternals where everyone was up in arms because of gender identity. I mean, I don't really understand what people were going off about. I, mean, I was about up in it. arms because it was a shitty movie, but that's a different story. Well, so. I, I couldn't finish it. I tried. <laughs> I got 30 minutes in and I was like, I'm bored. Um, But like, still no black person. I'm just saying like, it is something that over the last five or so years, I have been very cognizant of the companies I've worked at. 
that aren't diverse at all. Um, <laughs> and actually, my boss from the conference board when I still work there, she was a black woman. She's a black woman. She's freaking wonderful. And I, when we read this last year, I had even, or when I read this last year, I had even told her, I was like, you should read this. This was really good. And she was like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. And when I started talking to her, she's like, I don't even know who these people are. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting how even within, like, because of how history is taught and who's celebrated and who isn't, there's just so many things that you don't hear and you don't see. And this was just such a nice, like, let's let's not forget that there was still a struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's still struggle in all of these stories, but there was so much more than that. And I think that's why it's like, you can't forget about the struggle that happens, but if that's the central part of your story, I don't want to read it anymore because it's just, it's not helpful to anyone. Let's talk about, you know, let's get people to see themselves in pop culture um, other than, and I love you all, but, you know, cis white men. So. Yeah, I know. It, it kind of makes me think back to when we do LGBT month and we've done a lot of books about that, like where there was a struggle, this and that. And one of the ones I had the most fun with uh, was the first trade of Iceman because it was him just going out and doing things. And then on his downtime, he's like struggling to make a dating profile on Grinder, which you yeah. should never do. First of all, uh, <laughs> is there for a very specific reason. And I have no problem with that, but don't date on that. Uh, but it was cool to see someone who was like, yeah, like these are some of the things I deal with, like coming out to my parents dealing with, you know, my friends finding out I'm gay, but it wasn't, it was like, Hey, there's a story here and there's something cool going on that is separate from that. Now this is a little bit different because the, the, the idea of being black and being a black person back in this time is very paramount and central of the stories. But again, like you said, it was fun just to be like, Hey, here's a cool story about someone who you didn't know about who did something awesome. And I think the world should know about it. And I, uh-huh. I love how it brought that across with both the the sad endings and the happy ones. Because there are some really happy endings. Like, hey, I was all successful and I did this and I did that. And I died a happy man. So mm-hmm. yeah. cool. Um, I'm going to cut it off there because I got to go to work. Uh, so um, <laughs> let us uh, jump into grades. Mr. Todd, do you want to unmute yourself and tell us what your grade is? Well, yes, it's an A. Okay. That's fantastic. We really enjoyed it. And I say we as an I. Yes. So <laughs> why not? Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. Okay, Lena. A, A, so much A. Giggity. Um, uh, Adam. <laughs> so much A! <laughs> that just made me think of the umbre- uh, Rihanna song Umbrella. A, A. 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 Uh, it, it's an A. It, it's the Fonz and it's the now. Oh, we can call it the Rihanna now. So yeah, it's yeah. An a. The Rihanna. Yeah. Rihanna, yeah. Uh, I, I'm also saying that it's an A. I really liked it. I'm uh, I'm excited. And yeah, we will probably do the next book next year. I won't wait that long. I'm probably gonna read it in the next yes. few days, but um we will we we'll do that again next year. Uh so speaking of the next few days, next week we are going to be doing um the uh I it's Ironheart, but there's a longer name to it. Um Todd has it in front of me. Uh it is Invincible Iron Man Ironheart, uh is the first one. It's with uh, Riri Williams. It's uh Bendis wrote this book uh to uh also Celia and Garcia um uh, are the artists uh on it. And uh thank you for the tour. Todd, I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, so we'll be doing that that next week. Um, until then, thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see you all later. Bye. I was totally admit drunk, Todd. I knew that you were muted, and you were trying to talk through Adam's talking, and I'm like, I'm not I'm just distracted. I got to go to work. <laughs> no, no, I didn't tell you you were muted. That I, is probably best. I'm just like, I'm just keeping my damn mouth shut.